Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Tyler Johnson. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a return listener, I'd be grateful for your rating or review. And if you dig this episode, give us a like or share. And now, whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you are in the right place. My guest this episode is a certified mental performance coach coming to us from Toronto, Canada. You can find her on Twitter at SamLevins1T and on Instagram at SamLevins.MP. She also works with Consistent Elite Performance, where she helps athletes close the gap of where they are and where they want to be. She grew up playing hockey, and this conversation was lots of fun. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, Miss Sam Levins. Sam, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited. Happy to be here. How are you doing? Good. Excited. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Colorado. Nice and warm. So uh, excited to have you on the podcast. And I guess to get us started, just share a little bit about your journey. I was fascinated what kind of leads people into coaching and teaching mental performance. But uh, if you could kind of start there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so being a, a good old Canadian girl, I grew up playing hockey and my brother played, all of his friends played, uh, most of my friends were athletes. So um, I really grew up surrounded by sports, especially hockey. And then when I was about 17 or 18, I made the switch from ice to roller hockey and ended up playing in Canada's national roller hockey program for a few years. Cool. Uh, as an athlete, I knew absolutely nothing about sports psych. Um, but when I was doing my bachelor's in psychology, I did take a couple sports psych courses and then... <laughs> It was a bit of a delay, but in my final year of my undergrad, I finally decided that uh, I wanted to pursue sports psychology. So you know, I, I did a little bit of homework and uh, figured out what kind of careers existed in sports psych. Then it just it was a big coincidence that ASP was in Toronto that year, so it was really close to home. Um, I went to ASP. It was my first real exposure to sports psych. And I just, I completely fell in love with the field. I could not get enough. I was so excited. It just, it sparked something in me. And I, I knew that that's the direction I wanted to go in. So a couple of months later, I applied to grad school, ended up doing my master's at the University of Kentucky. And when I was there, I got some applied experience. And that led to me becoming uh, a CMPC, Certified Mental Performance Consultant. And, and here we are. Love it. Love it. So you're a wildcat, huh? I am. At SEC. I am. Got experience oh, yeah. in SEC football. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know you mentioned kind of hockey, roller hockey, some of the applied experience and kind of doing a little research. You've had a, some experiences with different sports and different teams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you talk maybe a little bit, maybe from your experiences, both as an athlete and just maybe some of the similarities and contrasts um, as you kind of apply mental skills to different teams, different environments, different sports? For sure. I think when I started working with athletes, different teams and different levels, different sports, I was expecting a lot of differences, but mm. ultimately everything's pretty similar. It's, it's mostly similarities in terms of skills and strategies that I teach. It's all the same, you know, performance is performance. Um, I think I've worked predominantly with, you know, male dominant sports. I've worked with hockey and baseball and rugby and there's 
there are similar cultures and, and similar, you know, kind of tough guy mindsets within those sports. Um, but it, I guess within those culture similarities, I, my approach is similar. And I, I like to take this approach where I, I try to create a space where they feel like they can be themselves and be comfortable and not necessarily uphold that tough guy persona and the manly man kind of yeah. mindset. So um, in terms of culture and, and skills and strategies, it's really, it's really similar across yeah. the board and, and the athletes, the levels, the, the age groups, it's been very similar. Yeah. No, I, I love how you bring up, you know, some of the machismo that can kind of exist <laughs> and recent guests were talking about, you know, the misconceptions of mental toughness and that usually mm-hmm. always kind of comes to the surface, at least with male athletes. And um, I, I think being one, you know, I struggled with that as an athlete, but you know, come to an understanding now it's if it's sport and performance is high emotion and and Mm -hmm. high stress. And if you can't talk and sort out some of those things, it it gives us a limitation to maybe some of the potential to tap into. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, as a, as a woman who played a male dominant sport, I think I felt extra pressure to be tough Mm. because I I just kept thinking like, they'll think I'm emotional because I'm a girl. Like I have to be tougher than I am. I have to show these guys that I can handle myself and I can be one of the boys. And I think that was really detrimental. Like I didn't know how to feel my feelings when I was an athlete because I stopped myself from doing it. I say, did it, did it make you kind of put up a guard? Oh yeah, absolutely. Then, you know, kind of eventually I, you know, I had some of those guards as an athlete. They, they don't come down slowly and easily usually. No. <laughs> Oh, it's a process. It is yeah, a process. Some, some sort of crumble uh, or something to it. But um, I appreciate being vulnerable and sharing some of that because I think it's it's fascinating when you talk about, you know, going into a male-dominated sport and competing alongside mm-hmm. them and doing those things. Uh, with your teams and your experience or maybe something that's just topical now, I don't know, but is there a mental skill that gets you extra excited to teach or get athletes to hopefully adopt Yes. Yeah. I mean, there are a few that I, that I love to lean on, but I would say reset routines would be my number one. Um, You know, everyone talks about pregame routines and how to get in the zone and an optimal arousal going into games and bring intensity and consistency and mindfulness and all that fun stuff. And it's, it's all important. I know, but reset routines maintain that throughout games. You know, it gives you that mid chaos opportunity to check in with your mind and body to breathe and regroup and get ready to, you know, get back to work. Right. And I think, you know, athletes are, are taught to be hard on themselves and expect more of themselves. And there's, it creates this tendency to get stuck on the last play, the last shift, the last mm-hmm. game, whatever it is, or, you know, they might get caught up in the future and the past at the same time. And they'll think that last play was so bad. That was a huge mistake. And now I'm not going to get playing time for the rest of the game. And, you know, in a few days when we have video, I'm just going to get ripped apart. And they pull themselves away from what they're doing and where they are and what they should focus on. And that's obviously so detrimental to performance. So, um, you know, I'm thinking with the hockey players I'm currently working with, there's this pattern where if a player has a couple bad shifts and like that's the start of their game, they're like, well, it's an off day. (laughs) Guess it's just not my day. I'm not playing well. And they just kind of accept that. But in reality, like if you start with a couple bad shifts and then play well the rest of the game, you'll call that a good game. So like, why would you throw in the towel so early in such a long game? And on the other side of that, you can have a couple great shifts to start 
and then you get a little little cocky, a little complacent, you stop working hard, you start making mistakes, and then suddenly a good start becomes a not-so-great game. So this idea that, um, you know, re- you reset and, and just kind of give yourself a fresh start to the game, I think is so important. So, um, you know, it's, I, I know I keep talking about like leaving mistakes behind and, and leaving yeah. everything behind, but I think anything that happened good or bad prior to the moment that you're in does not matter anymore. Like in hockey, yeah. you have your shift, you get off and then other players go on the ice. So that by the time you get back out there, like you're not in the same situation that you would have put yourself in. And, you know, in baseball, your last at bat does not affect your next one because it's a completely different situation. So the ability to reset and wipe that slate clean is in my opinion, the best way to consistently perform and execute because all you're doing is giving yourself a fresh start. The good and the bad do not matter. You just have to keep doing what you're doing in the moment. Love it. I think you, you know, baseball, hockey, like you mentioned, you're competing multiple times a week, hmm. you, you know, and yeah. if, you, if you just early on chalk it up to a bad day, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to miss out on some growth or opportunities for growth in the course of that competition, which yeah. at scale is not going to be career helpful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And even if like you are physically off your game and, you know, something doesn't feel right and you are just having an off day it doesn't mean that you shouldn't contribute in other ways. Like if you're playing badly and you're injured and something just doesn't feel right, you better be the first person to help your teammates and support them. Because if it's a team sport and you're just sitting and sulking and being upset with your own performance, that's just going to bring down the energy. Like you're not helping anyone. You're not helping yourself. You're not helping your team short term, long term. There's no benefit. So if you're off your game, and like, I mean, not a couple bad plays. I mean, if you're actually off your game, then help your teammates. Be a good teammate. Be a good leader and contribute in some other way. Yeah, I think that's why I always, my, with my brain, I always talk about elevate others because if things yeah. are going bad, just if you can help others, you usually mm-hmm. help climb your way out of that feeling. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're helping someone else, they'll probably help you in return. Love it. Love it. Uh, what's something, you know, quickly maybe for coaches or athletes that are, are listening a, a quick reset tool or, or what are some things that they might tap into as tools to kind of, that's a good question. Um, personalized depends on your, you know, whether you got a shift change or you're at bad or you're dancing, it's, it's different. But, um. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's a good one. I mean, I'll give you mine. So sure. uh, I'm a, a big face off girl in hockey and yeah. I, I don't, lose often so when i do it's really frustrating um so i always i check i know that when i'm not doing well on face-offs i grip my stick really tight and i spiral out of control because that's the best way for me to lose is to grip my stick too tight so before face-offs i just twirl my stick a little bit make sure my hands are loose i take a deep breath i shake my glove on my bottom hand and once i know i feel ready i line up and more often than not i'm gonna win And if I have a rough shift overall, um, I go back to the bench and I take off my gloves. I reflect on the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I put my gloves back on because my gloves are the last thing I put on before I go to the beginning of the game. So that's my way of telling my body, like, okay, we're we're starting again. Gloves are off. Deep breath. Then gloves go back on, and it's a whole new game for me. Um, Love it. Yeah, that's that's probably my my go-to 
for resetting, but it could be something, a physical cue, something internal, external, something you say to yourself, something that you physically do. It's really dependent on, you know, where you feel your stress and what will actually help you reset. Yeah. I need someone it's like, got to find what works for you and, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's gotta be something, if it doesn't work for you, you won't go to it in the bad moments. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you can do something like I could, you know, tell my athletes to take off their gloves and put them back on and they might just have cold hands and not reset. Like It might not help them. Right. You got to have that, that intentional connection. Uh, sure. So if you could wave a magic wand and tomorrow, let's say every young hockey player in Canada wakes up and they're equipped with a mental skill, superpower that they didn't have the day before to take to hockey practice today. What would that be? Confidence. Confidence. I know that there are so many coaches and Mm -hmm. mental performance professionals who don't love the word confidence because it's just a a belief, but I will, I will die on this hill. Confidence is the most important skill for young athletes and young people in general. And like, I don't mean, I I just want to be very specific. I don't mean like results-based confidence. I mean, confidence that is not tied to any results or external factors. So I think whether it's sports or school or just personally, it's crucial that young people have this like steady unwavering belief that they're, they're great. They're good enough. And of course, you know, I, I love external validation as does everyone, you know, it feels great, but that shouldn't be the only source of confidence. So You know, as an athlete, if you're in a performance slump, you should still know that, like, deep down, you should know that you're still a good athlete. And if you, you know, totally tank a test in school, you should still know that you're smart and you're capable. And if you get rejected by someone you have a crush on, or you don't get a lot of likes on Instagram, or you're struggling with your physical appearance, like, you should still believe that you are worthy and you are good enough. And I think just an unshakable internal belief that you're doing fine and that you're good enough yeah. is so important in all aspects of life. Um, but definitely as an athlete, like coaches are going to yell at you. Your parents are going to give you a hard time. Teammates are going to be better than you. Opponents are going to beat you. And you need to have that firm belief that you're still really good at what you do. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. I'll, I'll die on that hill with you. Cause I think especially Perfect. Uh, the younger, the athletes, especially, I think, as society gets a little bit, you know, more varied in their technology and communication Mm -hmm. channels, it's made kids seek validation from places that often aren't offering it. And if they are, it's not for the right reasons. Yeah. And and sports gives us so many constructs to validate effort and being a teammate and to build those things that uh, I Mm -hmm. think, you know, I always tell coaches like let little less judgment, a lot more encouragement. Cause I think, you know, you know, if we can, you can build confidence and especially when you're in a position of a coach. Um, So don't overlook that. Go die on that confidence hill. Give some encouragement today. Yeah. Uh, Coaches be good. Be kind. Push them, but you know, tell them what they're good at too. I think too, I was like, what are those things with kids, you know, that comes up with self-talk, right? We'll be like, you know, would you be friends with that own voice in your head? Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes for coaches, would you be friends with that coach you are at practice? Yeah. And it's like the things you say to yourself, would you ever say that to someone you care about? 
because right. like I, I have a tendency to be very hard on myself. Sure. And sometimes I'll sit back and just think if I ever said that to any of my friends, like I would be humiliated. I would hate to do that to someone I care about. Right. That's horrible. So I can't talk to myself like that. I have to be my biggest fan. Yeah. I have to support myself because, you know, I'm the only source of support that I can control. I can ask my parents to be really nice to me and really supportive, but that's out of my control. Everything external is out of my control, but I can control my own internal dialogue and I can support myself. Yeah. Um, what's something you've learned about yourself as I, I feel my, you know, people out there teaching mental skills are, are very servant oriented and working with a variety of people, but that sometimes blesses us with opportunities to learn from others. Is there something that kind of uh, you've learned about yourself through others doing your work? I have, oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I've learned that I am my best self when I prioritize sleep and self-care. I, you know, being in a, a helping role, I always do my best to kind of bend over backwards to support my athletes and, and make myself available to them. And early on in, in my applied experience, I, I pushed too hard and I, I, I was exhausted. You know, I'd have back to back to back to back to back meetings. And by the last one, I'm zoning out and I'm not completely present and I'm so tired and I'm trying so hard to focus on what they're saying. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to say which means I'm not listening to them because I'm thinking about my own response and it's, it's snowballs and it's just, it's out of control by the end of it. And I, I quickly realized that I need to protect my energy and I need to take time to be well rested, to take breaks when I need them and um, to encourage athletes to do the same. Um, like if you look at my Instagram, I, I did self-care Sunday for a while and I, as I, I stopped doing them because it felt really hypocritical because I was so focused on posting every Sunday that I wasn't actually doing any self-care on Sundays. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to post these because it's all out there. I've posted it, but I need to actually do it. I need to practice what I preach and take care of myself. That way, you know, I, I can feel good about helping athletes do the same and I can, you know, not try to pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Got to fill my cup so I can help others fill theirs and hopefully they will fill their own so they can help others. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I'm at my best when I'm prioritizing sleep and prioritizing self-care. For sure. I think of the, the mental performance coaches and people I've had on the podcast, I think they pour so much into the people they work with that it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a high energy, high attention you know, fun, exciting environment. But at the end of the day, that physically does something to us. So yeah, especially you know, for those of us who are introverted. Yeah. So it's I'm raining. working with football coaches. It's like, you know, sometimes, you know, a little more sleepy and a little less film will actually be a better equation for you probably. For sure. Yeah. You know, totally just, agree. Especially for the moments when you're going to be front facing with your athletes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, sip on your coffee and watch film in a dark room later go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a little, little more sleep can help that process. What uh, do you do or do you coach people to do perhaps when they feel doubt? It depends on the day. Um, yeah. you know, sometimes that doubt can be so 
consuming and overwhelming that you just need to sit with it. Like you, you can't really work through it until you take the time to really feel it. So for me, it's helpful to get to the root of those thoughts and feelings um, and then question them. You know, I, I ask myself like, okay, what proof is there that I'm not good enough? And, mm-hmm. and where's the evidence that I'm going to mess this up? And usually it's not there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, it's, it's tough to work through that and to come to that realization and to be truthful with myself sometimes. But if you find the root and then question it, it's easier to work through those more overwhelming situations of doubt. Um, And other times it's as simple as, you know, taking a deep breath and reminding myself that, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine. Like I'm smart and I work hard and I love what I do and I'm good at what I do. So I, you know, I don't need the doubt. Um, No one expects me to be perfect. So I shouldn't expect myself to be perfect and mistakes are growth opportunities. Like it's just little reminders um, and I also have a fantastic support system. I will say, yeah. um, having those people that I can be vulnerable and open with yeah. is so helpful, especially when I'm struggling to support myself and, and I'm doubting my ability to support myself. So yeah. a yeah. lot of things, a lot of different things, but oh, finding it. the root and having a support system. Support systems, crucial, love finding the yes. root. And I think, cause I'm like, the, I like to ask questions like what, you know, what's, why am I thinking that, you know, where's that evidence? And I think I heard someone once on the other side say, well, what if it works out better than you're even thinking or imagining? Yes. Yeah. Like, is that possible? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, so, you know, don't, don't think so far over there. (laughs) Yeah. And more often than not, like we're thinking of the extremes, like what if it goes absolutely horribly or what if it goes phenomenally and realistically, it's going to probably go very average. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Like it's just going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be an experience. It's probably not going to be the most memorable thing of your life, good or bad, but it's going to happen. So just, just roll with it. You're fine. I love it. Um, well, if you could roll into a time machine and go back and see 16-year-old Sam and give Sam one piece of advice from future you that you've learned on your journey, what would you want to tell yourself? Oh, so much. <laughs> uh, drink more water part one All right. good, good. you are just you're very dehydrated still are <laughs> but drink more water get into the habits early um, but more seriously um, I'd probably tell her that she is good enough I think there were a lot of confidence issues um, you know in high school as most high school uh, individuals are but I, I was insecure and there was a lot of self-doubt and I think just knowing that I was good enough and I was going to be okay and that I was going to do big things in life. It would have, it would have helped me. It would have been a good, a good support. So that's probably what I would tell her. Thank you for listening. If something caught your ear as useful or unique this episode, we would love your help spreading the Elevate message. You can find me on Instagram at Elevate Educate Rejuvenate. That's with the numeral instead of the A-T-E. Thank you again. And if I can help you with anything, please reach out. And don't forget, go elevate others.